Hi everyone, so good that you could join me today from wherever you are in New Zealand or maybe even overseas. I trust that you're going to enjoy what we've got to share with you today. Here in New Zealand, we've got a few less restrictions now, so we're able to get out and about. And I have booked in my round of golf for Monday morning. And so looking forward to it. I'm not sure what the swing is going to be like. I've always told people I've got a handicap of three, my golf clubs, my golf swing and the golf course. So, hey, hopefully I'm going to do reasonably there, but really am looking forward to it. Hey, look, the message I've got to share with you today is probably, in my opinion, one of the most important messages that I will have shared probably for a number of years. And so can I encourage you to really stay tuned with me and to connect with what I've got to say, because I believe what I share today is going to be a great key to God's blessing and breakthrough and protection and provision in your life. So, Let's just pray. Father, we just thank you for your presence here with us today. And Holy Spirit, I ask that you would just speak to every person that is watching this message this today. And Lord, I, Holy Spirit, I pray that you'll speak to us. Pray you'd speak to me, that there would come a fresh revelation and a fresh understanding of the truth that I'm sharing today. So I welcome you and I welcome your presence into every person and every home and wherever people are today. In the name of Jesus, amen. Well, many people have seen Michelangelo's paintings. They're called the frescoes, uh, frescoes and, but they're actually people who think they've seen them actually not really seen them at all. Let me explain that because since Michelangelo's brushes touched the plaster in the Sistine Chapel in Rome, with time, layer after layer of dirt has covered the paintings. So that's actually prevented people seeing the true beauty. Eventually, the directors of the Vatican made a decision. They ordered this massive restoration project and they ordered to lift off the grime of five centuries. So what had happened was this, that a new cleansing solvent had been invented which could draw dirt off the plaster without affecting the paint. Now the results of the solvent revealed unexpected colors, surprising, surprising even art experts, and showing the true mastery of this great painter, Michelangelo. Long before Michelangelo, another artist, he went to work with great genius, he fashioned a magnificent work of art and he called it Adam. This work bore the unmistakable traces of the image of God. Wow. Then he created another work of art, called it Eve. But before long, what could go wrong went wrong. And in their desire for freedom, the works of living art stepped into a sooty environment. Soot settled over them, obscuring the masterful touches of the artist. Time added more dirt until the original creations and subsequent copies were covered with grease and grime. The keepers of the gallery tried all kinds of things to restore the works to their original brilliance, but nothing worked. Then finally, about 2,000 years ago, on a hill called Gothgotha, a man by the name of Jesus produced a red solvent capable of removing the most soiled dirt from a life. As the blood of Jesus flowed, the greatest work of restoration in the history 
of the world was underway as God set about restoring fallen humanity into the image of God. Wow, that is so amazing. I know for you and for me, you know, our lives have been damaged. Hurts, pain, abuses, rejection, and our true beauty has been almost covered up. And so we don't look like God intended us to look. But the blood of Jesus, this is our hope. What it does is it cleanses us, begins to remove the the grime and the the dirt and the, the things that veil who we truly are. And our true beauty begins to be revealed. You know, you may not think much of yourself. You may think you're unimportant, that you're not worthy, you're scum. Yeah, we think all those kinds of things, but you are not. I'm here to tell you, you are a masterful creation of God. You are bought, made in the image of God and through the blood of Jesus, the true beauty of yourself is going to be revealed more and more. I know it's true in my life. As the years have gone by, the masterful touches of Jesus are beginning to be revealed. Slowly but surely, we're being made back into the image of God. So I want to talk to you about the blood of Jesus. Please, please stay tuned with me because this message stirs deeply within my heart. And you're going to see why I feel it's really such an important message. In fact, they say from Genesis to Revelation, there is no single scriptural theme more constantly and more prominently kept in view than that of the blood of Jesus. And yet, sadly, it's one of the least preached messages. It's one of the least talked about themes, which I think is incredibly unfortunate because at the very core of our faith, at the very center, at the guts of it, if you like, is the blood of Jesus. Why? Because Hebrews 9.22 says, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Are you hearing me? No blood, no salvation, a lost eternity. That's why the blood must be kept as a central focus of our faith and as of our Christian walk. Another verse for you is this. Revelations 12 verse 11. They overcame him, that's the Satan, by the First thing that's mentioned is the blood of the Lamb. If you want to be a person who walks in victory increasingly, I'm telling you, a key weapon that God has given us is the blood of Jesus Christ. And I think it's a master stroke of Satan to diminish the, the emphasis on the blood, the preaching on the blood, because when that happens, we begin to experience less and less victory. And also the image of God that we're made in is, is more slow in coming forth Uh, because we need the emphasis on the blood for that to happen in our lives. It'd be hard for you to believe this, but a few decades ago, some denominations, church leaders, they began to remove hymns that referred to the blood of Jesus. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. There's power in the blood. They said the blood was an anachronism. It was out of date, so they removed it. Do you want to know what happened? In just one denomination, over the coming short period of time, 100 of their churches closed down and 50 buildings of another religion opened up. When you start saying the blood has lost its importance, 
the results are not going to be good. In fact, they will be tragic. We must stand before lost humanity at every opportunity and every moment that we get and preach the blood of Jesus Christ, preach salvation, forgiveness of sins, because without the shedding of blood, without the preaching of the blood, there is no salvation. In fact, I believe the more we speak about the blood of Jesus, I'm not talking about speaking about it every day and all the time, that that probably wouldn't be a bad thing. I think we're going to see a lot more people coming to a saving faith in Jesus Christ. Spurgeon, that great preacher, he put it this way. He said, a bloodless gospel is a lifeless gospel. So I want to say to you, bring back the blood, bring back life into our faith and our Christianity. You know, it's really hard just standing here because of uh, having to sort of stay online and in front of the camera because I, I'm, I'm ready to jump up. I, I'm ready to move around and, and let rip on the subject because I feel it so strongly and I feel it so deeply. So please be understanding if I'm still moving around. You know what I'm like. I like to march up and down the platform, but today, hey, it's, it's with great restraint <laughs> Self-control. I'm kind of just staying positioned right here. Hey, look, you're going to, as you listen to me, seriously, you're going to find some stuff that the blood's going to do for you that you would not believe. It's going to surprise you. Let's kick it off with this one. Three of the most crippling emotions that I know are shame, guilt, and condemnation. Do you struggle with any of those? I do. You know, the answer to those is the blood of Jesus Christ. That's what can set you, see, set you free. Stay with me. Statement was made from the head of a large English mental hospital. And he made this phenomenal statement that I could barely believe. And he said this, of the mental hospital, he said, I could dismiss half my patients tomorrow if they could be assured of forgiveness. Wow. That tells me the to feel forgiven is a massive need in society. And look, I know, what, I know what that feels like. I've struggled at times with condemnation, and it is crippling. It, it, it prevents you functioning the way you're meant to function, and it stops you being the person God has called you to be. It's a master stroke of the devil. See, if he, if he limits the preaching of the blood, what happens? People stay in condemnation. Guilt and shame. Because the, the fact is, only the blood of Jesus can deal with sin and the things and the mistakes that we've made and cleanse us of these things. Bring back the blood. And we're going to deal, but do a real blow to condemnation, guilt, and shame. You know, all of us have a skeleton or two in the cupboard. I don't know about you, but uh, things we've said... Things we've thought, things that we've done, and we don't feel good about those things at all. But, you know, the blood of Jesus is the thing that can set us free. I read this Christmas card. It was really interesting. And this is what it said. Let me read it to you. It said, if our greatest need had been information, God would have sent an educator. Well, he didn't, did he? If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent an ex a scientist. If it had been an economist, uh, money was our biggest problem, he would have sent an economist. If our greatest need was pleasure, he would have sent an entertainer. But our greatest need was forgiveness, so God sent a saviour. That is the greatest need of humanity, folks, is to find Jesus, be saved, and have your name written 
in heaven. And if you don't have your name written in heaven, I'm going to give an opportunity to do that at the end of this message. I read this quote, which I thought was great. Uh, There may be some sins of which a man cannot speak, but there is no sin the blood of Jesus cannot wash away. Think about that for a moment. Some of you who listen today, these things happened in your life. You've done things and you just think, well, I'm done. I'm finished. I can't get through this. Yes, you can. The blood of Jesus has never lost its power. doesn't matter how horrendous your sin. It's nothing, nothing to the blood of our Savior, Jesus Christ. So we read in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 7, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. So through the blood of Jesus that we have forgiveness of sins. And what happens? It says he removes our sins as far as the east is from the west, which is absolutely an infinite distance, really. So the way I like to put it is our sins are are thrown into the the ocean, into the depths of the ocean. Then God puts up this big sign, no fishing. All right, no fishing. You can't bring it. Now, I know some of you, and you, you start talking to God about something that you did wrong, some sin that you thought. You know what God's answer to you is? What sin? And you say, but God, you, you know, you, don't you remember you do that? He looks, probably looks through his files. <laughs> I don't know how he does it. He says, sorry, Tark, no record. Listen, if you've confessed your sins, there is no record in the eternal counsels of God. No devil, no demon. No one on the planet can bring it up because the blood of Jesus removes the record. In fact, you know, it goes further in the Bible. It says, uh, there is now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. Can I just say this? Don't try and feel forgiven. Do you know why? Feelings change. They come and go. Believe this book which says your sins are forgiven and there is no condemnation. If you just keep believing the book, try and deal with your feelings separately, you're going to come to a much better place of victory. I read this uh, amazing story, I guess you'd call it. It's about this, this preacher and tragically he committed adultery and he just couldn't find it to forgive himself. He just kind of couldn't get over it. And so eventually he left the ministry. One day God gave him a vision and he finds himself at the judgment day, seat of Christ. And the books are open and there's an account of his whole life. You can imagine he's starting to cringe already like you and I might. And so the pages are turned and it's getting close to the day when he knew he committed this adultery. His heart just was beating away. He could barely even look at that page. And finally, when the page was turned to his utter shock and amazement, the page was blank. And all that was on that page, written at the bottom, signed in red blood, Jesus Christ. Wow. God had totally removed his sin from the eternal records of heaven. Look, can I look right into the camera, get a bit closer to you and say about the sins you may have committed, there is no record. Why don't you say it out loud to yourself? No 
record. Look, I've struggled with some of this stuff myself, but to know that it's in the depths of the ocean, no one can fish it out. Your neighbors can't, your parents can't, the devil can't, demons can't. It's buried, it's gone, it's over. Look, one of the things that I've become aware of is, you know, we can be people of the Spirit. You know, we can pray and we can seek God and we can be strong in the Spirit, but we don't feel forgiven. And it's like, wow, we're out there doing it in the, in, you know, the spiritual side of things, but we don't feel forgiven because we've had a focus on the Spirit, which is great. We're never going to diminish that. But if you don't have a focus on the blood, you don't feel forgiven. And I reckon what's going to happen here is this. If you don't feel forgiven, your strength in the Spirit is going to be heavily diminished because you're always going to be feeling, well, I know I'm really praying and seeking God, but I don't think God's going to answer my prayer because you're reminded of this, this shame and this guilt and all the rest of it. That's why we've got to preach the blood of Jesus Christ. Uh, and it's no surprise that it has been diminished, and that's a real work of the enemy. Hey, but let's come back to Revelation 12, verse 11. I just want to remind you of it again. Please write it down somewhere. And it says this, um, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. Then they loved not their lives to death. And there's a few other things in there. But the key, the first thing about overcoming the devil was the blood of the lamb. It's, it's, it's a weapon. And I've often said to people, one reason you're not getting the breakthrough and the victory that you want is you've tried every other weapon. You've tried praise, you've tried prayer, you've tried fasting, you've tried declaring the word of God. And I agree with all of that stuff, but you've not tried the blood of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to tell you before we finish this sermon, how to apply the blood in your situation so you can get a victory in your life. So I reckon as soon as Christians think about this, they start talking about, praying about, singing about the blood the devil gets a migraine. And he got, I reckon he's gone around like, oh, no, <laughs> stop, stop. The talk. Don't talk about the blood. That's how powerful it is. Think about it. Why has Satan lost a grip on his captives? You, me, those of us who are saying, how, how did he lose it? He lost it through the cross and through the blood. You see, the blood is what removed our sins. And that's when he, he lost, he, he had us captives for that long. Because when he lost us was because of the blood. So you got to believe it. When you start talking about the blood of Jesus, he is going to get a migraine. So can I ask you, please give him a migraine. Give him a migraine every day, if not more than once a day. And it will bless you in the same house. Look, some Christians, and I've heard this. Oh, don't talk to us about the slaughterhouse religion and blood all over, blood and guts. And some people faint with, when they even see blood. Look, you, you can't remove, because it doesn't feel good, you can't remove. The flow of Jesus' redeeming blood is from Genesis to Revelation. Right from the beginning, right in the garden when Adam and Eve sinned, they, they, an animal was sacrificed, probably blood was shed to cover them. It started right back there for the covering was the blood. And you go right through to the book of Revelation. It's there, friends. This, sorry, this is a book filled with blood flowing from Emmanuel's veins. But hey, it is, I reckon that probably among the three greatest words that I think I can ever talk about is blood of Jesus Christ. Well, actually it's four words, isn't it? But the blood of Jesus Christ. They are the most wonderful words. And I'm here to bring back the blood of Jesus Christ to our faith because I think this is what happens when we don't talk about the blood our faith as Christians is weakened and I think the church is weakened 
what doesn't have the power that it could have because we need a focus on the blood of Jesus. When you take the blood away from being central to Christianity, the door is opened for Satan to come in. We need to shut the door. We need to close the door. No blood, he can come in. Come on, get that door, slam it shut, put some deadlocks on it, bolt it so that he cannot come in. They say that Napoleon one day gathered his troops around him, had a big map of the world on the table, and he put his finger on a kingdom colored in red and said, Messieurs, <laughs> bit of French here. I've been to France, by the way. Champs-Élysées, I love that place. Messieurs, if it was not for that red spot, I could conquer the world. The red spot was the British Isles, United Kingdom. I think in the same way Satan could spread a map of the world before his forces, point his finger to a spot red with the blood of Jesus and say, if it was not for that red spot, I could conquer the world. Wow. If it wasn't for the blood of Jesus Christ, Satan could conquer the world and hold you and me captive and take us to a lost eternity. All right, a couple more thoughts. Exodus 12, 23 says, The Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to strike you. So judgment had been proclaimed on every house. The firstborn was going to be killed, was going to be slain. The only way to avoid the judgment of God in this case was to sprinkle the blood on the doorposts of the homes. Because God said in verse 33, verse 13, when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. You see, the blood is for protection. Every day, I pray the blood protection over my family. And uh, I pray something like this. I say, Lord, I place the covering of the blood of Jesus over my family, my property, my finances, my vehicles, my health, over everything dear, dear to me. Lord, I thank you for watching over all of these things. In Jesus' name. Something as simple as that. You see, listen carefully. Do not take protection for granted. Some people do. They say, oh, she'll be right. <laughs> You're Kiwi, isn't it? Look, sometimes it's just not right. We do have to pray uh, for God's protection um, over us. And uh, it reminds me of the story of this uh, guy who got drunk. Wasn't a believer, drunk. He, he's walking home. And suddenly, true story. Most, most of the stories I tell are true. I hope all of them are. There's this demon beside him and he is terrified. He sobers up really quick and he starts running home. Would you believe the demon runs alongside him? He gets to his home, walks through the gate and the demon stops. And the guy is stupid enough. He stops and he says to the demon, well, you know, how come you're stopping there? And the, the, the demon said, your wife, she's pleaded the blood protection around this property. I cannot come in. You better believe that man gave his life to Jesus Christ. When you have an experience like that, uh, well, I don't want to have an experience like that, but it's a very, very powerful thing. You know, there's a pastor in our church. He used to have these fitness shops, one just down the road here in Henderson. And, uh, and I think it was that one. It was. And one day he gets this phone call that there's a massive fire in this block of about 30 shops. And his, his, his shop was right in there. And he said his feet turned to jelly. He went down to the... Um, to the, to the uh, arcade where the shop was and the fire engines were there, the smoke billowing everywhere. And then he got to his own shop and 28 of the 30 shops had been seriously damaged 
but there was only two shops that were barely scathed. His was one of the two and had just a few faint marks on it. He told me this. Every day, he prayed the protection of the blood of Jesus over his shop. And God protected. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. Hebrews 9 verse 25 says this, not that we should offer, not that he should offer himself often as the high priest enters the most holy place every year with the blood of another. In the Old Testament, you see through this book, you know, there were sacrifices by the tens of thousands and hundreds. So it's sometimes hard to believe, you know, they sacrificed 20,000 sheep and 5,000 oxen. I read that and I think, man, what a scene that was. But they had to repeat these sacrifices over and over again because the blood of animals was not enough to once and for all deal for out with our sins. But all of that blood, it pointed to the day that Jesus would be upon the cross. And when his shed, blood was shed, it, it, there was enough blood. It was a once for all sacrifice. It was enough blood to cover for every sin of every human being in every nation and in every generation. The blood of Jesus has that much power from Adam to the end of time. Anyone who confesses their sin for Je to Jesus, his blood is powerful enough to remove it. So how do we apply the blood of Jesus? Very simple. Number one, you've got to know what the Bible says. <laughs> you've got to know what the book says, all right? So can I just suggest, take two or three of the verses I've shared today. You don't have to be a theologian. A lot of people think, oh, blood is too complicated. I can't do it. No, 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 no. Please don't go there. Just, just grab two or three of the scriptures. Pretty simple, pretty basic. Secondly, you actually have to believe what the Bible says and have faith in the power of the blood, okay? That it can protect you. It can free you from condemnation. It can give you victories in your life no matter what you're facing. And then number three is you just got to apply the blood. So in the Old Testament, you'd, you'd sprinkle the blood of animals and goats. I'm glad we didn't have to do it. You know, sprinkle it here, there, and there. In the New Testament, you apply the blood through speaking, through your words, through your declarations, if you like. So for example, when Satan comes and accuses and condemns you, and he says, hey, you're not worthy. You're a sinner. Look at what you've done. You haven't prayed much. God can't bless you. What are you going to do? Well, number one, confess any sins there are there. Get those under the blood of Jesus. Get that done. And then point Satan to the blood of Jesus. Say, Satan, you're right. Yep, I have sinned. I have failed. I am unworthy. But through the blood of Jesus, I am forgiven. I am made righteous. And so Satan, I point you to the blood and I command you to flee in Jesus' name. And God will and can bless me. See, when we point Satan to the blood of Jesus, he, believe me, he's out of here. <laughs> you know, he's, he's, a, he's gone burger. He's done because the blood is just so powerful. He's got no counter. He, he can't fight the blood. It's, it's uh, for all time. It's to set you and me free. So to wrap it up, to live a victorious Christian life, more victorious, to, for the church to be a powerful force for transformation in society, then we need to exalt the blood of Jesus to its rightful place. That's all I'm saying, just to its rightful place. Not more than its rightful place, not less, 
to its rightful place. But can you keep in mind that there's no scriptural theme more regularly referred to than the blood, things pointing to the blood of Jesus Christ. It is, in a sense, the number one theme of this book. Let's exalt the blood of Jesus to its rightful place. And I, I believe it will bring transformation in your life to a greater place of victory, freedom from shame, guilt, condemnation, provision, protection, breakthrough, all of that stuff. But you know what else? It's going to strengthen the church. It's going to make the church a strong force that will bring transformation to society and to community. So please, would you help me? I've done my best. We've got to bring back the blood of Jesus Christ into the church, into our lives, and into our preaching. Because without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. And the blood of Jesus has never, ever lost its power. Amen. If you don't know Jesus, wow. If you're not a follower of Christ, you're missing out on the greatest gift and most blessed life possible on the planet. You see, you weren't made to do life on, on your own. It's just too hard. It's, we talked about shame, guilt, condemnation, you know, trouble on the left and on the right. I would hate to live life on planet Earth without God in my life, without Jesus in my life, because he encourages me, he strengthens me, he works miracles for me, he provides for me, he protects me. I mean, it's just so much. You know, it doesn't mean it's a better raise. There's still real challenges to face in it. If you don't know Jesus, please, the blood of Jesus has never lost its power. He's ready to forgive you of every sin you've ever committed. The Bible talks about being justified, which means just as if you never sinned. You can end this program today with no sin recorded against your name. And once you give your life to Jesus, your name is written in heaven and you can be forever with the Lord. If you want to give your life to Jesus today or you're backslidden, you want to come back to him, please pray this simple prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I thank you for the cross. I thank you for your shed blood. And I come to you today and I acknowledge my need of you. This life is too hard. So I confess my sins and I ask you to forgive me. And now, Lord Jesus, come into my life. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Amen. Hey, we would love so much to connect with you. Why don't you just press the button on your screen there, indicating that you've made this decision. And uh, if you're watching on Shine, please do contact them. Tell, talk to them about your decision. Otherwise, you can contact us at infochurchunlimited.co. Hey, there's a fantastic song I want us to sing. It's one of my favorites called Yours. Some of the words are, and the praise is yours. You're the one we bow before, reigning over us as we lift you up. You will reign forevermore. Make no mistake, our God is going to reign forevermore. But this is a song that just lifts him up and says, you know, Lord, the praise is yours. As you sing it, think about the blood. Think about the sacrifice. Think about you're forgiven of every sin, every mistake you've ever made, and even the ones you are going to make in the future. They also can come under the blood of Jesus Christ once you confess them to the Lord. And just let your heart rise in praise 
and worship to our God. So if you can stand wherever you are, don't be afraid of singing out loud and let's just lift this song of praise and worship to our Jesus because he absolutely deserves it.